Welcome to the ENA Podcast. This is the ENA Podcast, and this is Dan Campana, Senior Manager for PR and Communications at the Emergency Nurses Association, welcoming you to uh, an important episode, uh, given the state of things with the uh, novel cor- coronavirus, which uh, has been dominating in the news recently. And if you're an ED nurse, I'm sure that this is something that's been dominating your workplace in the last uh, several days. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, happy to welcome Sharon Van Aresdale, uh, the Program Director for Serious Communicable Diseases at Emory University Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia, to the podcast today to talk a little bit about, um, a little, offer a little bit of context about really what is going on, um, the type of information that's floating around, but also to talk about what the ED nurse or anybody who is working in an ED really what they're faced with and, and what the best things to be looking out for and, and to be doing, uh, you know, as information develops. So, uh, Sharon, welcome to the ENA podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. And I, I'm really excited about um, this opportunity and really having this opportunity to make sure that we're getting really good information out to emergency department nurses. So, Sharon, your, your title is Program Director for Serious Communicable Diseases. What exactly does that entail? And, and tell us a little bit about your background that got you to the position that you're in right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, by background, I'm an emergency department nurse. I started as a new graduate in the emergency department and um, became a clinical nurse specialist. So, kind of moved, moved up into more of a leadership position. And in 2014, when Emory was about to receive our first two patients with Ebola virus disease, um, I was called upon to join our serious communicable diseases unit as the clinical nurse specialist. Uh, so I was involved in the four, uh, care of four patients with Ebola, and this um, this role just kind of um, it it grew from there. So doing a lot of partnerships and and collaborating with ASPR, um, so the Office of the Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response, as well as the center, as well as with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, to create the National Ebola Training and Education Center, uh, which is a partnership uh, between Emory, Nebraska Medicine, and New York Health and Hospitals Bellevue, which you, if you remember, the three institutions who successfully cared for patients with Ebola. So over the last four years, five years, we've really been working to uh, to get information out to really make sure that that healthcare providers, um, that healthcare workers, and and facilities, public health, that folks feel prepared to manage Ebola and other special pathogens. So it's not just about Ebola. So we've been doing this for the last five years, and uh, really proud of the work that that's, that's been going out, and uh, have some really great information out there to share with folks. So maybe you can help set the stage a little bit here and offer a little context. Um, ENA has, has really promoted that C, the CDC is the place to look for the best information as things are developing. And it seems like things are developing every day, uh, especially over the last week and a half or so. But offer a little bit of context uh, from the way CDC is per, per, uh, proceeding with this. Is this very consistent with what we've seen in other cases of emerging, emerging infectious diseases? Or are they doing things a little bit differently this time? And why is it important that there is a good sort of navigator of the information the way the CDC has been operating so far? Yeah, I would say right now, the situation with the novel novel coronavirus is evolving. It's new. That's what novel is. And so new information about it is is happening around the clock. We're getting new information. You wake up every morning and there's something new that we've learned. And it can be difficult to stay current with what is happening. But it's so important that you know where to look for reliable and credible information. That's critical. And that's why I think having sites like the CDC, who partners closely with World Health Organization, to make sure that that, that the 
the, the content that they're delivering, that the recommendations that they have, that the guidance they're providing are all current uh, based on what we're learning. Again, I just want to emphasize this is a novel coronavirus. While we can absolutely learn from previous experiences related to SARS, uh, which is another type of coronavirus, as well as Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, another type of coronavirus, we can absolutely learn from those. But this is a new strain, a new virus that they're looking at. So I think, again, um, knowing where to get that new information is really, really important and would emphasize that CDC and WHO are your friends right now, that those are the sources to go to. Um, and of course, I have to put in this shameless plug for the National Ebola Training and Education Center, where we try to... Um, to cohort everything. We try to get all of the best information from all these different credible sites and put it into one um, to a single landing page for folks to get the, the, most, the most current information. So in your role right now, what kind of things have been coming your way in terms of questions or what, what are people looking for when they, they turn to, to you and your program to understand really what's happening right now? Because they're competing against, our minds are right now are competing against what traditional media is presenting, which can come across a little more, bit more sensationalized, especially when they're contrasting what's happening in China versus what's happening in the United States. So how do you help people navigate what, you know, you can offer them the guidance on where to look for the best information, but how do you help them navigate the difference between what's happening in China, what's happening here, and how traditional media may want to approach a story like this? Yeah, I mean, I think really what we're trying to do, especially with the National Bullet Training and Education Center, is highlight what is it that the healthcare worker needs to know. Um, and, and what I'm you know, really focusing on today is what does the ED nurse need to know? What does that ED nurse need, need to say? And I'll start by saying that everyone, including emergency department nurses, should know that good hand hygiene particularly hand hygiene, can reduce the risk of many infections, including this novel coronavirus. Additionally, all points of entry, such as the ED, should have procedures in place to identify people at risk for this infection, isolate them safely so they can receive proper care without risk of further transmission, and inform appropriate authorities so that a diagnosis can be established or quickly ruled out. Um, signage, uh, posting signage around your departments that allow patients to self-identify that prompts them to put on masks and perform hand hygiene, very similar to what we've seen with the flu signage, is a great tool. So again, that signage says, do you have a cough? Do you have a fever? If so, put on a mask. Those simple steps right there mitigate a huge portion of, of uh, transmission of, of things, not just this novel coronavirus, but the flu and common cold. We don't want that spreading around our departments either. So real critical steps that every, every nurse to, should do. You know, healthcare workers should be trained to identify ill patients with, with relevant travel history, and they need to know how to put on and take off their appropriate uh, personal protective equipment that is recommended to protect themselves, their patients, and their communities. In order to mitigate the risk of transmission, the CDC has recommended that healthcare workers use standard contact and airborne precautions with eye protection. And again, I think what the National Bowler Training and Education Center has done is try to, to put together all of these resources into a single source uh, to be able to, to get this information and make sure that it is geared for the healthcare worker. And you bring up a good point, um, actually two good points. One, um, talking a little bit about what symptoms, you know, in, in, in this vigilant screening, what symptoms you're looking for. I, I didn't mean to gloss over that initially, but these do mimic some other types of things, such as the flu. Um, so is, is that a trigger right there that maybe, you know, you have to start thinking a little bit differently from the beginning that anybody who has that look, you know, that that is symptomatic of the flu could be in this category as well, or I guess really what, when you're triaging or you're doing that vigilant screening, you know, 
what, what is the, you know, uh, is there a trigger that you're saying this is one thing versus the other, or do you need to just be vigilant from the beginning and understand that it could be anything and don't take it for granted that it's just the flu or something to that effect? Absolutely. Yeah, I think just being vigilant because, you know, if this is a novel coronavirus, if this, if the patient does have the flu, um, if it's a different type of of coronavirus, again, the common cold, you know, we, regardless of what that pathogen is, we don't want that patient to be spreading it around to our waiting rooms, right? We don't want them to be spreading it around to the rest of the hospital. So there are key things that every healthcare worker, especially ED nurses, should be able to do. And that's identifying these folks. So if if the patients have not um, self-identified, then when they come into your department and they say, hey, yeah, I have a cough. Yes, I have a fever. Then you provide them a mask that you give them a mask and you show them how to put that mask on really critical steps. And then you can do a further, okay, so you have these symptoms. Well, have you traveled? You know, kind of what is that risk exposure there? And certainly, you know, we, we don't expect emergency department nurses to have to you know, rule out every single patient. But I think what's important is that they know, you know, that that folks who have the symptoms and have met the travel history should be kind of flagged and escalated up to their, their facilities, infection prevention um, group or team or infectious disease physician, whomever is doing that screening to do kind of a deeper dive um, into whether or not this patient will warrant testing. So in all of this, whether it's from the CDC down to the public and, and into the, the healthcare world, or even within your particular facility that you work in, it, Communication just seems to be really imperative in all of this. What is the best sort of communication that you see would be good to remind an ED nurse or anybody working in the ED? What types of things are most important that they should be communicating to one another, whether they suspect a patient is, um, you know, has this novel uh, coronavirus or what types of things should they be talking about that maybe would get lost in the shuffle in, in the every day to day, every every day, day to day type of routine that everybody gets into, no matter where you work. But you know, obviously, that happens in the ED as well. Yeah, I mean, I would say you know during your morning huddles, during shift report, just a, a reminder just that you know this is something that we do every day, and we do this every day for things like this. You know, this is why um, you know we've really pushed um, to have screening tools in place since Ebola, so that we can identify these things, so that we are ready. For the next pathogen. And hello, we're here with that next pathogen. Um, so I think, again, just reminding folks to identify, isolate, and form. Masking patients who have fever and cough, even if they haven't traveled, it's still good that we are preventing further transmission. And I think, again, reminding folks, and, and this is time to do your refresher training on how to put on and take off PPE safely. Uh, I, I cannot stress that enough. Uh, this is a time where you, if you haven't been fit tested in last year, this is you know, following your, your protocols at your facilities that again, just knowing how to do these things safely is really critical. So uh, we've covered a lot of territory here um, that both kind of offers that overall picture, but also touches on those day-to-day things that, that everybody can do. Sharon, anything else that you you want to make sure is sort of emphasized here, whether it's about what you know the the CDC is doing or what you can do as an individual working in the ED? Uh, anything else you want to add? No, I think I think it's again as nurses, we're all um, we're all evidence based, or we should all be evidence based, and I think it's really important that we make sure that we cite what we know, we to cite the evidence and the scientific backing behind it. Um, emphasizing with our family, with our friends, with folks who are coming um, or, or talking about going to their, their healthcare providers. I can't emphasize it enough. Good hygiene, 
especially hand hygiene, can reduce the risk of so many infections and transmissions of these different infections. I'd also say if you're sick, stay home. And if you have to go see your primary care provider, call ahead, let them know, um, especially if you've met or you have the travel history, if you've, if you've been to China recently. So those would just be my, my kind of last comments there. Sometimes it's just about the basics, right? It's, I, I would say it's always about the basics. It's always about good infection control and prevention. It's good hygiene. It's good hand hygiene. It's remembering um, and not taking for granted that the surfaces that we touch are clean. You know, I would go and challenge every emergency department nurse who's listening to this. In the last 15 minutes that you and I have been talking, how many times did you touch your eye? How many times did you, did you touch your nose or your mouth? Um, Again, it's those kind of things, having that awareness that we could be whatever was on the counter, whatever was on the table, whatever was on that door handle that we just touched, we just put in our eye or our nose or our mouth. So having that situational awareness, I think, is, is really important. Very good. Sharon Van, Van Airsdale from Emory University, the program director for Serious Communicable Diseases. Thank you so much for being a part of the ENA podcast and certainly uh, sharing some really important information as uh, this entire situation with, uh, with the novel coronavirus uh, continues to, to come up. So uh, thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me. So that'll do it for this episode of the ENA podcast. Um, as always, we, uh, we thank our guests, but we also encourage you to download and uh, listen to all of the episodes of the ENA podcast as we've just celebrated our first year. But I also encourage you to keep your eyes open on the ENA website as we will have a page dedicated to the novel coronavirus and the latest information coming through the CDC. And this will also be, this, uh, this episode of the podcast will also be posted on the website there. Um, so be sure to share that with your colleagues uh, as you're looking for some information that, uh, you know, obviously was really strong in Sharon's background and we're happy that she was able to take some time for us today. So until next time, this is Dan Campana, Senior Manager for PR and Communications with ENA, wishing you a good day and we hope that you'll join us next time.